I was just getting increasingly fed up of all the, the articles that I was reading and the content that I was seeing that was aimed at single women. I'd been single at that point, probably six-ish years, like on and off. And everything I was reading was, it was as if all single women were completely miserable and desperate and that all they wanted to talk about was dating. And that wasn't my experience of my life at all. And it just really frustrated me. The story of the single woman has historically not been the most flattering character, at least in Western culture. She is cast as seductress, threat to the heteronormative nuclear family, spurned, deranged bunny boiler. Or on the other side, old, sad cat lady, spinster, which, needless to say, this image is rapidly changing. But we're still a generation who were raised on Disney films, where the princess is saved by the prince at the end of the story. Many people have done the work, and the conversation is slowly evolving, which makes the 2020 version of The Single Woman a much more interesting story to tell. In November last year, journalist Nicholas Lawson stepped into the fray with her newsletter, The Single Supplement. She wanted to read more about her own experience as a single woman in her 30s, but after finding little more than dating guides, she decided to write what she wanted to read and built a community around the conversation of modern singledom. Welcome to Storyteller, a podcast about how and why we tell stories. I'm your host, Lisa Golden. This podcast is a chance to hear from people from all over the world and from all different fields. I have your traditional storytellers on, poets, journalists like Nicola, performers, writers, filmmakers. But I've also had people who maybe you don't think about as storytellers, like academics, scientists, and even a Buddhist nun. I believe that we're all storytellers, and this podcast is here to feed your curiosity as a storyteller, to spark ideas in your brain and get you thinking about the stories that are being told all around you, and maybe even some of the stories that you tell yourself. I love this week's conversation with Nicola. We worked in the same newsroom for a period of time, but we never really got to know each other. When she launched the single supplement last year on her birthday, I got a peek into her world through her beautiful personal essays, which arrived in my inbox every Sunday. In this conversation, we spoke about what it is like to build a newsletter and a community from scratch, how single people often found themselves forgotten in the conversations around lockdown, and I asked the very awkward but inevitable question of what happens if at some point in the future she's no longer single. Before I start, uh, just a reminder, please do subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. There's definitely a lot more listens coming through Spotify. It's definitely a more friendly place to listen to podcasts now. And if you don't use any of those platforms, um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Lisa Golden, my name, and Storyteller, and the accounts will come up. But mostly, thank you so much for your support. This has been a really great months for the podcast and I love hearing from you and just thank you so much everyone for giving me your time I appreciate it and I take that responsibility of your attention and your time very seriously so now on to my conversation with Nicola
So Nicola, thank you so much for coming on Storyteller. And so I'm, I'm starting the podcast these days by asking people, first question is if you consider yourself a storyteller. Oh, I love that question. Um, yeah, I do actually. I, um, I've, I've long been told that I'm a good storyteller, even way before I was a journalist. I remember I started working at a theatre in the box office um, and also in the marketing department. It was one of my first jobs after university. And, and I used to like love telling anecdotes in the pub and making people laugh. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really think about it. Just that's how I make people laugh. I'm not really like one for sort of crafting jokes or anything like that. I tell stories and usually there's stories about me doing something stupid. And I just love making people laugh. And somebody said to me like, oh, I just love all your stories. You're such a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I've never considered myself a storyteller before. And it just like, it gave me a bit of a, uh, I loved the feeling. I was like, oh, cool. I'm a storyteller. Like, yeah. And yeah, then I think that obviously I am a journalist. So in journalism, you're reporting, but you are also telling stories. They just happen to be real life stories. And then now I also call myself a writer yeah. And I'm telling stories about my own life. So there's still stories. So yeah, I do I do consider myself a storyteller actually. That's why I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Well that's great. Cause like I do it's it's interesting what the question like brings out in people because it, it does sort of show how different people conceive of like what they're doing. Um was it last or two weeks ago now we had Chris Stoker Walker on who reports a lot on like YouTube and TikTok. And he said he was he's a translator, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'd never really thought of it that way. But he he was talking more about tech stuff, I guess, like having to translate this world of like YouTube that us like oldies don't understand. Wow. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. But um but yeah, I like that, a translator. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, with that in mind, could you tell me um about what what brought you to starting the single supplement? Yeah, so um, I was working as a news reporter and I sort of, there's sort of two reasons why I started it. So the first was I was working as a news reporter, but I really wanted to break out of news reporting because all of the story, all of the articles I was pitching were longer form, more features, more human, like human stories and the stories behind the headlines. And I realised that I didn't actually want to be a news reporter full time anymore. So one of the reasons was to help me sort of pivot away from news reporting and to put myself back in the story, because in news, you take yourself completely out of the story. And then the other one was more sort of, I guess, ideological. So I was just getting increasingly fed up of all the, the articles that I was reading and the content that I was seeing that was aimed at single women. I'd been single at that point, probably six-ish years, like on and off, maybe seven at that point, actually. And everything I was reading was, it was as if all single women were completely miserable and desperate um, and that all they wanted to talk about was dating. And that wasn't my experience of my life at all. And it just really frustrated me. There was a few articles like, There was one, you know, harmless one in a magazine that was about how to save money. And number one tip was to stay in with your significant other. As if every single person has a significant other to stay in with. 
Um, and also I just hate that whole like meme thing where it's really become fashionable to like cancel on your friends and stay at home. Um, when you live alone and you're single and your friends cancel on you all the time, that's like a problem because (laughs) that's when you have human connection. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was another one which was about like mental health and well-being or something. And it was like, it was all tailored as if every single reader had a significant other in their lives or lived Mm. with their partner because there's also a lot of people who are in relationships but live alone or live with friends yeah it just is so narrow um in its focus everything that I read so yeah I just felt like there wasn't anything out there and there was and because it was getting like because it was really bothering me but at the time I was a news reporter so I was like well it's not my job to do it I can't do it I have to you know be serious news reporter and you know I'm not allowed to have opinions on things like this but then when I went freelance I was like right this is it yeah and I actually wrote an article for HuffPost for the lifestyle section that I was sort of persuaded to write by the editors and uh, because I've been ranting in the newsroom about what it was like to be the only single person in my friendship group and eventually I decided to actually like write this article and it got such a good reaction that then I was like okay I'd been thinking toying with the idea of a newsletter I did used to be a blogger actually before as a journalist so I do I did have sort of experience of this kind of thing I just love newsletters myself so I decided to launch a newsletter and like the reaction at first was really good but I mean I only had you know a few hundred subscribers and then luckily for me Emma Watson made some comments about how she considers herself to be self-partnered rather than single and so my newsletter was featured in loads of publications and just took off so (laughs) that's how that's how it happened yeah and can I ask like when you when you started it it is like one aspect of your life in a like you said like in a host of aspects like we all have all these different sides of ourselves and different identifiers mm. um how did it feel transitioning from that like news reporter where I guess you are quite protected because you're not in the story it's not your job to be in the story to putting something quite like vulnerable about yourself out there like how did you feel about putting that part of your identity so publicly out there um I mean I'd I'd sort of been sort of thinking about it for so long and if you but the but equally it like a year or two before I actually decided to finally do it I would have never thought that I should be the one I was kind of more thinking somebody should do this or somebody should you know create something for single women that's actually empowering because mm. I was like I'll never speak about this I'm I didn't want anyone to yeah. know that I'd been single for that long I used to hide it quite a lot I when I'd go like meet guys or go on dates actually I don't really go on dates but you know I meet I tend to meet people in real life when I'd meet people um I just wouldn't ever I'd be really vague about when my last relationship was I was so I was basically really ashamed of my relationship status Mm. and how long it had been and so yeah if if like if I could go back and tell myself two years ago that that I'll become like known as the go-to person (laughs) to talk about being single completely publicly I would have like honestly I was so ashamed I didn't even tell I wouldn't even admit to like some of my friends like how I felt just didn't acknowledge it at all and so it was a big shift but I think it was a long time coming and I think that when I realized that no one else was going to do it and also the fact that I did want to move away from news reporting 
it was just like a chance for me to try and be a beginner again and like experiment I guess because I have done a little bit of live writing in the past um, and I really enjoyed it and I think I'm much I'm, I'm more I'm much more naturally a feature writer and a personal essay writer than I am a news reporter um, but I was mm. kind of trying to fit myself in a it was like I was a circle trying to fit myself in a square box or the other way around whatever the phrase is Um, (laughs) because I felt like oh to be a journalist and to be hardcore you have to be a proper news reporter on a news desk being badass and and then later in life you can do the kind of journalism or kind of writing that you want to do yeah yeah no I know I know that feeling very well I sort of had this in mind like in the future I'll move back to Shropshire and I'll just write and like and be a writer um and then I realized that that's a bit stupid I just just try and make it happen so um yeah why delay basically (laughs) someone said to me that if you want to you know make your newsletter like successful and established you have to really go weekly um because people need to know they can rely on it coming in your in in their inbox on a certain day um and I was thinking how can I go weekly when all I talk about is being single there can't be I can't have enough like material but I do every single week I've got at least three ideas and I have to choose between them so if you are listening to this thinking well I'm not single next Nicola and I discuss the beauty of the newsletter and about how many topics she's taken on that connect with everyone single or not turns out I'm not the only shy non-single follower of the newsletter you know i i sort of come up and i think i almost like a bit shyly was like i'm i'm not single so i was like i want to be i'm very aware in this time like obviously we're all like very sensitive about different identities and and i was like maybe like you don't need like me i I don't know i get funny about like intruding into people's spaces and then i realized that was obviously really (laughs) stupid and then signed up and i just I think I did message you and I was just like, there's so much, I think what's so fascinating, and I guess this is the same for all types of writing, is like, it doesn't have to be your situation for you to get so much Mm. out of it. For me, I was reading it over a period of time where I was getting married, right? So that sounds like a really strange thing to say, but there was... There was so much about that process that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And everything that you were speaking about, I was like, this is just weirdly the other side. This is like the flip side of this <laughs> coin. And I just so appreciated reading all of the stuff because it is, it's this, it's this thing about like society forcing this this link to someone else as like this really important part of your identity. All the stuff that you tackle is um I just really enjoyed reading about it and it gave me a lot yeah. of comfort. So I guess that's just my really long-winded way of saying it's so good when you say, if not yeah. you, then who? Like, you never know who's going to get something out of your writing, yeah. right? And do you know what? I've got quite a few people in relationships who, or who are married who, who subscribe and read it every week. Um, and I actually did one newsletter mm-hmm. that I wrote and I was so proud of. I was like, oh, that's one of my best newsletters. And usually when I send a newsletter, I get a bunch of replies straight away. If it's been a good one, I'll get loads and, and you know, I'll get people messaging mm. me on social media and stuff. And that one, it was like tumbleweed. I was like, oh, my God, nobody likes it. And um, the first person to message me, to email me, sent me a really long email. And they were married with two children. And 
the the newsletter was all about comparison and it was about me comparing my life to this girl I went to school with who was married with children um and Mm. and I just thought it was she was like almost apologetic for messaging me but what she said was like we connected over that because she she was struggling with comparison in her own life um because she was worried she was a bad mother and all about her career and stuff like that and um and so yeah I thought that was beautiful and then also recently I braved uh writing about mental health yeah and one of the people who messaged me on Twitter was married as well and said uh, you know and again almost apologetic I'm so sorry if this is like inappropriate because I'm not single (laughs) (laughs) like it's so I love I think it's so sweet I'm like (laughs) Um, and yeah, some people have said like it's made them think about their relationships and the language that they use as well. So I mean, so like you said, you spoke about you spoke about mental health, and like I I wonder how how I guess it must be quite hard to cope with, like especially during pandemic, especially through the times that we're going through right now, which from what I can hear from people who are like brave enough to share their stories, feels really similar. Like again, I I really admire people who share their stories because especially in this time it makes you feel less alone Mm. so when you're really like getting yanked up and down on that like roller coaster of pandemic life and maybe you don't want to you know you I think everyone can get in their own head and be like oh I shouldn't be complaining because of xyz yeah um it is really powerful to hear from other people like being like this is shit this is hard um I have bad days but then I was thinking like that must also be quite hard to maybe if you are having a bad day and a lot of people are bringing their grief to you Mm. um is that something that you have to to manage or has it not really been a problem no it is something that I've had to manage um the one where on my birthday I spoke about um how I'd actually been feeling and how I tend to like fake things I just like pretend everything's fine and um it was also kind of the first first time my best friends I mean they know that I've got some like I've got depression but I think because I don't really talk about it it's just kind of a fact like they know that it is the case but they Mm. sort of expect me to say if I'm struggling and I guess sometimes I do but more often than not I just like try to put on a brave face I guess or just like I just don't want to speak about it because it feels like I don't know I'm just dragging it out um I don't know Mm. and uh so actually my best friends didn't know what was going on with me until they read it in the newsletter which I did feel really bad about actually but so I was dealing half with um happy birthday messages from people who hadn't read the newsletter so they were all like I hope you're having like the best weekend ever and actually I was having a really good weekend it was a really and you're like I know now that you don't read the newsletter <laughs> bad friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah half of them had read the newsletter and then they were either saying oh my god I can't believe you didn't tell me or you know things like that or they were saying oh my god I feel really similar or I've just been through something similar so that was all my friends but then obviously you know thousands of people read the newsletter Mm. and because I was I was really vulnerable that means that that always opens the door and people are then vulnerable back at you kind of thing and so yeah I I got really overwhelmed to be honest um I mean it was partly because it was also my birthday so there's a lot of people trying to contact me yeah and I was with my family 
and I was trying to be present in the moment but I was getting you know people telling me their life stories and I always want to try and reply um but it can it it just got a lot and I just had to be like okay I'm gonna stop replying and then I'll come back to it and then I just mentioned it in the newsletter the next newsletter um but I mean I also do get um I do get some negative uh I don't want to say trolls but I do get um some of the readers sort of feel so much ownership over the single supplement, which is amazing. Yeah. But then it can feel really difficult because they feel like they do know me. Yeah. And so they'll tell me things. Like, well, I had one recently trying to psychoanalyze me. He's saying, like, I shouldn't be writing a newsletter about being happy to be single, which is actually not what it's about. But because I've got depression, so I'm obviously not happy to be single. And I'm like, that's not the two aren't like yeah. a mutually exclusive yeah. or the other phrase um <laughs> so like you know plenty of people in relationships have depression and for me depression doesn't equal sad yeah. it's like for me it's like um I just feel totally numb so that's nothing to do mm-hmm. with whether I'm content and comfortable with my life and also the newsletter I think is very nuanced I talk about you know being happy and glad to be like independent and then feeling empowered but then I also talk about how yeah the pandemic made me feel like I wanted to have a husband (laughs) it's like damn I should have got one of those husband things before this whole pandemic kicked off yeah so like it can get quite difficult for me to manage people's expectations as well I also have different sections of readers and um quite a lot of the really vocal ones are the ones who are very happy to be single and never ever want to get a partner and so if you ever mention that anything to do dating or that you might want a partner in the future which I do say um they will email me and be like I thought this was a newsletter for happy people (laughs) and then there's a yeah and then I've got a section of the readership who are who are actively dating, they are not happy being single, but they read it to sort of be inspired, I guess. And then the majority, because I did do a survey just to double check because I was feeling a bit like, but also I can only tell stories about my own life. And although I do bring in guest writers, it is essentially my newsletter. So (laughs) I can't Mm. just lie and pretend I'm someone I'm not. But But what I found in the survey was the vast majority of readers uh are feeling exactly the same way as me they're pretty content with their life they're comfortable they're sick of people trying to make them date they're not ready yet and but they would like a partner in the future they're open to it but they Mm -hmm. are not actively looking and they're you know yeah they're pretty happy with their lives and they like living alone etc so that made me feel much better because I was like okay I have found my tribe it's just maybe they're not like as vocal as the other ones so because Yeah. yeah it can't be a newsletter for all that's going to make every single person happy um and yeah I've had to learn that and it's it's yeah it's been a big learning curve this newsletter (laughs) next up we discuss the power of narratives around romance and coupledon I think people can easily dismiss you know the idea of the stories that we were raised on and the world does look really different now but a lot of us, you know, the, our developing years were spent with these movies and these films and these books that were very, you know, focused on a woman ending her story through through marriage and motherhood. 
And I think it's important just to remember the power of those stories because if you're in my age bracket, we are reaching this age where you're expected to be married and having children. And the power of those narratives are more than just fairy tales from our childhood. They can really leave women with a sense that they've done something wrong or that they've missed milestones. These stories are powerful and we, we need to just look at them and, and see them where they are. Um, so, I mean, onto, onto that, like, single, singleness as narrative. I would be really interested just to know from, from your perspective now, from this standpoint in 2020 in a pandemic, it's quite specific. But, um, you know, what what do you think from your perspective, like what is it about it that people seem to have this impulse to like give you really crap advice or like say these really condescending things? Like, what do you think it is? Um, I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I always just feel like it's, it's such a deeper misogyny that's in society. Yeah. Um, so yeah, could you just yeah, tell me definitely. a bit about where you think that's coming from? I mean, part of it does come back to storytelling, actually, because it's all about um, the stories we are told about what life should look like and what um, happy life should look like. If you think back to when we're little, we read um, or like fairy tales are read to us, and in fairy tales, more often than not. Um, the guy and the girl end up happily together and that's the end of the story and they lived happily ever after and so there's this whole narrative from when we're tiny I mean if you look at loads of children's books I mean they're getting better definitely the guy and the girl a a marriage which was like 2.4 children um it obviously seeps into your like consciousness that that is what you should aim for And when you don't have like that representation of other people's lives or the way blended families work, for example, or, um, or yeah, a family where you've got two dads, then I think that you feel like that, that the other way is wrong um, and that you're doing something wrong. And then there's also the whole kind of milestones thing. So, you know, you go into a supermarket and look at the cards, for example, the greetings cards and there's like the milestone cards and there's, you know, 18, 21, uh, congratulations on university, learn to drive, um, get engaged, get married, mm. have a baby, buy a house. You know, they're all in the same section. I, I, I say this because I was literally in Tesco the other day thinking, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's kind of what we're supposed to be on that path and that's what society tells us and it's not just fairy tales as well I mean every single film uh most books um tv shows you know if you had um a time when you were single even sex in the city which was about being single a lot of the time uh I think one of the characters hadn't had sex for six months or three months and they acted as if it was the most shocking thing ever um and so there's this like myth that that that's that everyone is having sex and everyone is dating and everyone should be working towards that one goal which is to get married and then procreate Mm. alongside the newsletter nicola has built an engaged community on facebook as the uk and countries around the world have gone in and out of various lockdowns It became a resource for many single people who felt forgotten, both in policy debates 
and sometimes the wider community of their friends and family. Just a note, we recorded this before England went into the second lockdown, but we knew it was coming, so you, you'll, you'll hear us referencing um, the fact that we're about to go into lockdown, which we are in now. Could you tell me a little bit about um, what it's been like building your community up in lockdown and um, maybe any thoughts that you have about, you know, I mean, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but let's all be honest, we're probably going into a second lockdown pretty soon. Um, So, yeah, could you just tell me a bit about that and sort of the more structural stuff that came up? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of people say to me, oh, my God, your newsletter just came along at the perfect time. Um, because I'd sort of, I had did launch last year, but I sort of really properly committed to it in January. And then obviously the pandemic hit soon after. And, um, and yeah, for me, it was quite difficult because I was living in London and I was really scared about being on my own in London, partly because of the, the environment that I was living in. I was like in a granny flat inside someone else's house. And it just like felt like that it's going to be impossible to like, properly isolate here uh I've got asthma so I was Mm. was worried about it and also I've been thinking about moving home um so I wrote an article at that moment for Refinery 29 that basically I don't know if it went if you can say it went viral but it it went all over the world and I put a link to the Facebook community group in there and that became a source of like real support for a lot of people um and then Mm. shortly after that I decided that I would actually go and spend lockdown with my parents so I was 35 and I moved back in with my parents which is not something you think will happen and you know there was a part of me that was like oh my god this is so embarrassing um (laughs) but and then also the other part of me was thinking oh am I a bit of a fraud should I stay living on my own because it's better for my newsletter which obviously is stupid oh, that's so know. interesting yeah. yeah I was like oh you know are, are my re- readers gonna think I don't get them but actually I think you can't pour from an empty cup and so I was in a better place with my well-being being at home with my parents and in a nicer environment that my flat was not very nice in London hmm. so yeah the first time I was kind of living with my parents and I was like oh you know this is (laughs) this is weird but it was actually really good and then the second like this time I'm now living on my own so I've got that kind of a bit like okay I'm gonna have to deal with this on my own but I think that in terms of the pandemic it it's been good but um for like building community and people have like really flocked to the newsletter which has been amazing um but yeah it's been like a bit of a weird period for me because I started the newsletter when I was in a really really good place about being single I was I was like I was I was feeling really confident and I was feeling really yeah empowered by speaking about it and I was also like Hmm. in a really good place I was had a really good social life in London and I was really enjoying my newfound freelance career and I was I was in a really good place I think and then the pandemic hit and honestly I was like oh this is why you should have got a husband and it was a awful thing to like think because I'm all about like independence and you know being my own person and you know I'm advocate for that kind of thing all the time and there I was thinking damn 
because because if you live with a husband you kind of have to put up with them for the whole of lockdown you've got someone who has to stick around yeah. um so yeah it was it was a weird place and then like I said I've got the sort of um my I've had a bout of depression which, which weirdly it didn't happen I did have really really my anxiety really flared up in the first bit but um the depression came later um mm. and now it's just it feels just really ongoing and so the conversations in the Facebook group are it's it's hard like some people are really struggling with the fact that there's no end in sight and the ones who do want to date yeah. and you know I have thought like maybe I am more ready now to have a partner because I've been in therapy for the last eight months or something Hmm. and you know I do want to be a mum and I'm now 36 it's becoming like a little bit of a problem um Mm -hmm. but this pandemic just feels like it's completely put everyone who is single at least a year behind but even if you I've got I've got people in the group who are really happy with their relationship status and maybe just moved in on their own just before lockdown and then lockdown basically ruined their first experience of living on their own because it was awful yeah. obviously for a lot of people to be by themselves so it's not just taken things from those who want to date and so it's been obviously difficult or those who want to have a baby it's taken things from people who who are normally really happy to be single because yeah quite often if you live alone you you rely on your on the people you meet up with on going for dinner or having people around and during the pandemic during lockdown you obviously couldn't do that and now it's becoming you know difficult again um and people very much obviously retreated to their own families and you know that can also be quite difficult when you're single and your friends are have children and they were obviously completely busy and everything it must have been so stressful especially to have small children during lockdown while trying to work full time I really really appreciate that but quite a lot of the people on the group will say they feel really abandoned they feel like their friends didn't have time for them anymore Um, and then they were missing those social connections the book club that they go to or the sports team that they're part of um that make being single like great I couldn't finish this interview without asking like the question what happens if she's not single anymore um I left my unedited question to Nicola (laughs) so you can just hear my awkward stumbling attempt and how wonderfully and gracefully she answered the question you I mean sorry tell me if this is just like an absolutely insensitive awful question but um when you when you're building um up this community and you're building this brilliant newsletter um what what do you think about that if you were to um get into a relationship I please understand that I know how fucking annoying it sounds but I'm just thinking almost like a writer's like a writer's perspective Um, it's the first question that anyone asks me yeah Oh really? No, oh, no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay, sorry. Well, then I, no, because I, think, I do kidding. think about it all the time. And what I used to say was, um, well, I want the single supplement to be like a platform, and to um, 
and to be its own thing so that if I did get in a relationship I could just pass it on to somebody but now I'm kind of like hang on a second I think a lot of people read the newsletter because they read they want to read what I have to say yeah and they're connecting with me as a person so if I was just 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 like give it away or dismiss it just because I was in a relationship then that would be would I be cutting my nose off to spite my face and would people still want to follow me because I perhaps still have something interesting to say about being a woman and and um yeah yeah, I don't know like I I've honestly I was thinking about it last night it's so weird that you just brought that up because I was thinking um oh my god what will happen if like I did start dating back here in in Shropshire like I think it would have to be like a serious really serious relationship for me to finally be like okay I've got to tell my readers because yeah it's almost more serious to me than using the boyfriend or girlfriend word because or meeting the parents it's like I'd, I'd have to be really sure yeah. how do you tell them yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. have to be really really sure because I know that I would lose I would definitely lose some readers um I don't I don't know mm. and also I guess what I'm kind of now thinking is I I do ha- I did have like a dream of like it becoming a platform but at the same time I I'm also really enjoying at the moment kind of branching out a bit with my with my writing and and writing about other experiences in my life and you know so like a part of me is like do I want to tie myself this to this you know forever this subject <laughs> I yeah. don't know it's really it's hard like as a writer like it is like oh am I doing the right thing or should I try and speak more about other stuff but at the same time, I've got this opportunity at the moment and I am single and I have got this audience and this community. So I should just make the most of it while I've got the chance. Yeah. It, it comes down to like, also like I've been thinking about writing a book and I've got a few ideas, but obviously the obvious one would be writing about like the single experience. Uh, and the same with a podcast idea as well. Like, should I just do everything based on that or shall I branch out and make it a bigger thing yeah. um, about something something that being single would fit into, but it's a broader topic perhaps that would have a wider audience. And this is, again, back to storytelling, like what, yeah. like yeah. before I think I was just focusing on single issues and then it became like a bit more of a space for me to write about my life and write stories from my life um and I love that side Mm -hmm. of things so it's actually a great question to be honest it's not annoying at all don't worry (laughs) no just because I mean I mean for my two cents from your your reader audience of one um you know like you said it is about of course it's it's the community built around single but it is such a connection with you like at the end of the day it is your your story and I think my my not that my opinion means anything like it, it would be so interesting to to follow like follow you on whatever journey you go on do you know what I mean yeah. I would be I would be even at, like for me I'm not your core audience like I would be sad to lose out on your experience if that experience changed do you know what I mean yeah 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 I think um yeah I think it's going to be something I'll have to I mean, obviously, I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's something I, I do think about it quite a lot. Um, and yeah, people do ask me as well. So okay, I thought I was like I I had it on my my list of notes, and I just was like, is that just the rudest <laughs> thing to ask? <laughs> it was honestly the first question my best friends asked me. 
well, what are you going to do though? Oh, really? Uh, and I'm like, I don't know, really. <laughs> when I first started it, yeah. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know whether it was going to be popular or not. I just kind of wanted to do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been it's yeah. been like a really like amazing journey. Uh, sorry to use the word journey, <laughs> but um, oh, I love the yeah, word. Yeah, but it has been. It's kind of it's just been it's been really good on so many levels, and it's also just made me feel like myself again, um, and giving my yeah. giving like myself a voice because I knew I had stories to tell and I knew I had something to say but I just kept quiet because it was it wasn't part of my job before and I felt like I would yeah. be judged by news editors and stuff because they're all hardcore and <laughs> you know I, just thought yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't tell these stories and it did feel like I was sort of silencing myself and so the best thing about it has been that I just it has made me feel so much more like myself and that's like a really liberating feeling and it's also really empowering because it's like oh I, yeah I yeah. feel really like a lot more confident and also it has raised my profile as well so that's been good for my freelance career so <laughs> yeah all worked yeah worked it all out. worked out <laughs> um amazing okay so I just want to be um respectful of your time so um for everyone listening where um where's the best place what's your go-to place like where do you like to hang out the most on the internet so people can find you it has to be Instagram I'm like always (laughs) on Instagram at the moment I'm trying to spend less time on Twitter because it's quite a stressful place but I have the most followers on Twitter and I'm like guys can't you just follow me on Instagram so but I mean on both I'm at Nicola underscore Slauson and Slauson's like uh, Lawson with an S for Sierra on the end, which is um, what I say about 50 times a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the newsletter as well is, well, there's a link to it in the um, in the Instagram bio and on my Twitter, but also it's the single supplement.substack.com. Yeah, and I'll add all the links to the show notes so people can just click through. If awesome. they're listening on the apps, they can just click straight through. Um, cool. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm so glad that I finally got to speak to you. Um, like Yay. I said, like I love, I really do love reading the the, the single supplement. Like it, it oh. is this, I'm I'm just really loving um, newsletters at the moment. And just for anyone who's yeah. like, we all, I think it's one of those funny things that we're like all on our email anyway. Like when none of us are getting away from our email, we need it for work, we need it for like our bills, like bloody everything comes through your, your email. <sighs> And it, I, I was just saying to you before we began, like, it really does just feel like this little treat, like a little unopened yeah. letter that from someone. And, and I, yeah. I can't really, like, save them for myself. I, like, do all my admin. And then I just have, like, two or three um, ones that I'm following that are, like, my favorites right now. And I just yeah. need my weight. And then I, once I've done, like, all my homework, per se, I'm like, okay, yeah. cool, I can read my <laughs> can read my newsletters now. Yeah, I, I love newsletters. I, I totally, like, exactly the same. It's like somebody's writing a letter to you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you should go where people are and people are in their email. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm always like, everyone should start a newsletter. <laughs> it's changed my life. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Nicola for such a lovely and open conversation. Her newsletter, The Single Supplement, comes out every Sunday and it's an absolute treat. You can find a link to subscribe in the show notes and you can find it easily on her Instagram and Twitter accounts. She's at Nicola underscore Slauson, S-L-A-W-S-O-N, 
on on both platforms on instagram and twitter for reflections this week i just wanted to say i've had really lovely feedback from last week's podcast on race with the take Uagba and my best friend sandy um race is obviously a really difficult thing to talk about especially interracially and i'll, I'll tell you for me <laughs> I, I was sweating i was sweating when i hit publish on that episode um i was very nervous but i still do feel as a white person and white people in general we do need to get better at having these conversations. It's just about feeling a bit more fluent. It's just taking a step beyond reading books and donating money, which are great steps to take. Um, I was just sort of hoping on some level that at least if you're a white person, you can kind of hear an example of how that conversation can happen without it being confrontational or like laden with like guilt and shame. Um, so I got some really nice feedback from you guys. So I appreciate that. Thank you for holding that space for me and, and Ortega and Zandi to be vulnerable and have what can be a quite tricky conversation. In the realm of newsletters, I I am really, (laughs) I'm seriously considering starting a newsletter. Um, so you might hear about that in podcasts, episodes to come, but I feel quite conflicted about it because I sort of don't want to be like an absolute media cliche person with a podcast and a newsletter which is so stupid because I love so many (laughs) journalists newsletters and journalist podcasts so I don't know why I'm getting in my own head and so worried about what people think um I need to get out of my own way on that one I think so let's see keep an eye open as usual please email me any thoughts or questions um at storytellerpod at gmail.com and on social media just search storyteller podcast storytellers one word and my name lisa golden and you can find me on instagram and twitter uh i am trying to make those spaces really valuable for you guys and and um that you can find more than just me promoting the show on there so yeah jump on there follow give me a follow send me a message i love hearing from you and until next time <laughs>